0: Lamentations 3,
1: 19-24 Remember my affliction and my wandering The wormwood and the bitterness Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me This I recall to my mind Therefore I have hope The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases For
0: his compassions never fail They are new every morning Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul.
1: Therefore, I have hope in him. Great is thy
0: faithfulness, O God.
1: As we uh, come into a new year, this is what we depend upon, is your faithfulness. We thank you for your faithfulness to us in all the years that we've lived through. And this gives us confidence that whatever happens in 2023, that you will be faithful to help us. And we thank you for that. so, Lord, as we have gathered, we pray that uh, you would help us focus on you and just uh, get us excited about you and when we're excited about you we can be excited about the new year no matter what happens this year so we just pray that for your blessing this morning in jesus name amen well before you see seated wish somebody happy new year, happy new year. Happy new year
0: everybody.
1: Uh, things have changed well as we hit the new year our theme today is going to be hope for the new year i don't know about you but i could use hope for the new year the first song is already up there uh It's this is kind of uh, no matter what happens this year this is this is what's going on because this is what we do. I just oh see I'm so used to the other version all right that was take one this is take two you ready Heidi this is take three. I'm just a
0: poor. Way there is strange. Traveling through this world alone, there is no. The
1: Thank <laughs> you. indeed we are wayfaring strangers thank God for that because that means as Paul says our citizenship is in heaven and this world's not our home we're just passing through but as we pass through you have a work for us to do you have a life for us to live that you have given us and we thank you for that and our hope for the new year is not that we can hang on not that we can make it Because we can't do that in our own strength. Our hope for the new year is that you will hold us fast. You know, those whom you died for, those whom you saved, you will will take care of us, Lord, all the way to the end. That's our hope. We don't place our hope in a government. We don't place our hope in any man. We don't place our hope in riches. We don't place our hope in, in anything but you. And we are so thankful that you can be trusted. So as we come to 2023, I know there may be many things on your mind, but uh, you know, as we look back or as even we look forward, uh, I keep reminding myself of uh, Philippians 4 where it tells us to be anxious for nothing. So don't be anxious about what's behind and don't be anxious for what's ahead. But when everything with thanksgiving, And so we are to make our our requests and our petitions made known to God, whatever's on our heart, with thanksgiving. So let's do that this morning. Whatever is on your heart, either from the past or the future, say, oh, Lord, you know, you know, and I'm thankful that you know, and I'm thankful that you will hold me fast. And I'm thankful that you, as we read, your compassion never fails, your loving kindness never fails, but your your goodness is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you for that. Spend a moment and thank God. Oh, Lord, we are thankful that you're there. And we're thankful that uh, the people we're concerned about, you love more than we do. The things we're concerned about in our life, you love us more than we do. And you know the beginning from the end. And here's the thing is, is, since you're all powerful and you're the creator, you can do things to fix it. Or, Or you're moving history, so we thank you for that. But the verse also says, whatever's on our heart... We're to bring to you, we're to leave it at your feet, we're to say, Lord, this is too much for me, I, I can't handle this, so help me, help me with whatever trial is coming or or even with ever joy, be thankful for the joy, but uh, I know that as we face 2023, or as we're in 2023, yes, there are still trials and difficulties, guess what, we carry with us from the night before, and so they're here. So, Lord, we just pray that you would help us, help us, you know, get through and, and be victorious in whatever it is you give us. So, whatever again is on your heart, bring that before the Lord. Yes, Father, we are so very, very thankful that you're God. You know, as I keep reading about the war in Ukraine and uh, realizing how so many people are suffering and it's a lot colder there than it is here. And so we just pray for those dear people. We pray for our missionaries. We pray for Grigory in Russia. And, and I don't know how, you know, he's dealing with this. Uh, I'm sure that they, they probably don't know much. And what they do know, the government tells them, so you can't trust that. So you know, we pray for, for Grigori and, and his little church and his health. He's an older, elderly man, and, and I just pray that uh, as they're in the midst of winter and as they're coming up, you know, for this new year, they're here in this new year, that you would bless him, encourage him, uh, strengthen his heart. Uh, December 7th is, rather, January 7th is their Christmas. And so we pray that, uh, I guess that's Saturday, so that... Uh, Emmanuel's child as they do that And and as as our stars that we sent Will be given out to children We just pray for a blessing upon that We pray that you would help the workers That you would just open doors And that this would be a great ministry We pray for Mike and Marlene Tully As Mike continues to work Really around the world And you know especially in Algeria We pray that you would open those doors For him for that orphanage To be to be uh to be up and running and pray for uh, for their health and keep them keep them going and, and for eric and christy mock with all that he does all the travel he does it's amazing but lord we just pray your blessing upon him and we pray our your blessing upon us as we are here your missionaries here in murphy's or or in calaveras county or wherever we are we are your missionaries and we realize that uh, You know, at the end of the day, it really doesn't make any difference who won the ball game. It doesn't make any difference what we got or didn't get for Christmas. I mean, at the end of the day, in eternity, really none of that matters. But knowing you, knowing you, and we pray that people would come to know you and use us to help people come to know you. In the meantime, Lord, we pray that we would know you better. I mean, may every day of this year, we have just a little closer walk with thee. So we pray to that in Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we stand? I just a closer,
0: closer walk, walk with thee. bring in Jesus' is my name.
1: prayer for the new year lord and we just pray that as we uh, continue to study your word because that's the way we get a closer walk we get a closer walk through the basics listening to you as we read your word praying to you talking to you as we pray and then obeying you as we practice what we read in your word and that's how we get closer and if we're not doing those three things we're not getting closer But I pray that you would give us hope for this year. We pray to that end in Jesus' name. Amen. Take your Bibles and go to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Well, Happy New Year. We come to the New Year and, uh, I don't know, you know, New Year's, when I, when I was in high school, or actually even before high school, New Year's for me was the Rose Parade because our youth group would go. I probably did a good four to six years in a row. Wow. I remember the first year, I think I was in junior high, and we went and we were on Colorado Boulevard, and we actually sat on the street, and I remember sitting on the curb... And basically till they closed the street it was a car show and we I remember these guys coming by in their car with the hydraulics going up and down and up and down it was bizarre you know there were people everywhere and I remember as the flows came by people were running up and pulling roses out and every rose is in a little vial of water I mean it was amazing And then there were years where we were in different places and towards the end we would go uh, a few of us would go uh, brave souls. We would grow early. They would go to a to friend's house and kind of have a you know a party or a potluck, and they'd show up like at, what, 7 in the morning. And then some of us were the, um, well, I don't know what you'd call it. We were the Marines. We were the first and We'd get there before it got dark and, and map out a spot and then spend the rest of the night walking around or laying around or, or listening to music. And I remember a couple of years, it was very cold. And I was in, we would, we would all huddle in my 57 Plymouth and uh, turn the heater on, which kind of got me concerned because uh, the car was running and we were all locked, you know, in a, in a car, but nobody died. And uh, so that's kind of my New Year's, and then I, since I guess confession is good for the soul. Uh, so I remember one year, uh oh, this is, there you go. So I remember one year. In in, in being from Southern California, sorry, um, uh, was a big Trojan fan. USC back in those years was always in the Rose Bowl, and uh, the big thing was to get home in time for the Rose Bowl, which I think is at two o'clock. So the parade, there's so many people. I mean, it's very difficult to uh, to get out of there. And I remember once Michelle will will enjoy this as a law enforcement officer. Is, is There was a cop in the middle of the road directing traffic, you know, and I guess I was in a hurry. And as I went by, I must have said something I do not remember, but I remember what he said. He said, put a sock in it, <laughs> ha! And, and I just kept trying. So the things you remember about New Year's, I know it's bizarre. So whatever your New Year tradition or your pattern is, uh, I'm glad that I think I've matured a little and uh, I stay home. You know, I stay home and just uh, enjoy thinking about uh, the new year. But as you come to the new year, four things want we want to think about <clears throat> this morning. I don't know whether you want to call these characteristics, facets, or whatever. You can pick a word. I tried to think of a word, and I couldn't. But the first thing is this expectation, right? You come to a new year, and let's face it, we all have expectations. The expectation... I hope is that, you know, tw- as, even if you had an awesome 22, <clears throat> if 2022 was an awesome year, we, we come to 2023 and we say, oh, dear Lord, I hope it's better, right? I, I, would, like, I would like a closer walk with you. I would like, you know, to, to maybe get over some of my physical ailments or whatever. I would like whatever it is. I mean, we have expectations, that hopefully things will go well. The second key word would be realization. The realization is, as I have my expectations of how I want things to go, the realization is I've lived long enough to know that it may not work out that way. And as much as I expect warmth and health and all of that in 2023, the realization is yeah, there's going to be the sorrows, and there's going to be the disappointments and there's going to be the difficulties. On top of all of that, third key word uncertainty. Uncertainty. We don't know. I can have all the expectations and the expectations in the world, so can you. We can have all the realizations of well, this is reality. But the point is we don't know. So while you're in James chapter 4, take a look at verse 13. This is what James picks up and he says, notice, verse 13, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such a place, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. This person has great expectations and they have a plan. They have a plan. We're going to go to this city. It may be all mapped out. They may have a whole wall with the whole year. You know, sometimes you do that with a calendar, and you mark things off so you can look at it. They say, "Hey, this is this is 2023. And we're going to go to such and such a city at such and such a time. We're going to we're going to do this, and we're going to make a great profit." That's the expectation. Verse 14 says, "This is the uncertainty." <laughs> And that's great to have a plan. And in fact, you read Proverbs and the rest of the Bible, and you find there's nothing wrong with having a plan. In fact, it's good to have a plan. But verse 14 says, Yet, you can have all that, Yet, you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. As you've got all these great plans about today or tomorrow, we're going to do this and that, well, you know, you don't know what your life is going to be like on that tomorrow. You are a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. So what am I supposed to do? Instead, verse 15, you ought to say. So as we think about 2023, we can have a plan, we can have expectations, but instead of just assuming it's going to go the way we planned or being arrogant enough to think, hey, I am this good, I'll make that happen. Instead of that... But we should say, verse 15, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. I don't know. But God does. You know, the Bible, Isaiah 46, Psalm 139, other places, God has got it all planned out. He's got you and me planned out. And he knows the plan, I don't. So we are dependent upon him. Lordy. this is my plan. This is my idea. This is my act. This is my uh, expectation. <clears throat> this is my realization. But I'm uncertain because I don't know the beginning from the end you do. So if the Lord wills, if you will, I will do this or that. We've got to be careful because verse 16 says, but as it is, you boast in your Arrogance. And your boasting is not evil. Therefore, to the one who knows to do the right thing and does not do it, to him it is sin. In other words, if you think this is all up to you, you're arrogant, and that's a sin. And now that like I just told you, if you stay thinking that way, it's a sin. So we come to the place where we say, I don't know, there's great uncertainty. I don't know what my life's going to be like, and I don't know what's going what's to what's prosper or what's not going to prosper. I was thinking that uh, of when we went through Ecclesiastes. You remember towards the end of the book. Well, in chapter 11 of Ecclesiastes, uh, verse 1, Solomon says, Cast your bread on the surface of the waters, for you will find it after many days. Divide your portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what calamity may occur on the earth. If the clouds are full and they empty the rain upon the earth as it has happened for us. And whether a tree falls toward the south or toward the north, wherever the tree falls there, it lies. He says, uh, Just as you, verse 5, do not know the path of the wind and how bones are formed in the womb of the pregnant woman, so you do not know the work of God who works all things. So you need to sow your seed in the morning and do not put your your uh, hands down in evening, for you do not know, verse 6, whether morning or evening sowing will succeed, or whether both of them alike will be good. We don't know, but God does. Okay, so I think you got the point. Yeah, I got expectations for the new year. Yes, I'll be a realist. Now find Lamentations chapter 3. Yes, I can be a realist and realize, yeah, it may or may not come to pass. I understand the uncertainty. I got it. I got it. So where in the world is the hope in that? Since I said our theme is hope for the new year, well, so far you haven't given me a whole lot of hope. I had hope with my expectations, but then it kind of got lessened with the realization that it may or may not happen. And then it really took a nosedive when I don't know what's going to happen. Well, here's the hope. And we read it in... Lamentations chapter 3. Before I, we look at the hope, <clears throat> Lamentations is a very interesting book. Written probably by Jeremiah, we're not exactly sure, but Jeremiah wrote Jeremiah in Lamentations, and he's writing about the fall of Jerusalem to the Babylonians in 586 B.C. After a 30-month siege. That's two and a half years. They were surrounded and cut off. And the city finally falls. And Jeremiah writes the book of Lamentations as he is lamenting what has happened. Just a few verses to give you an idea. Verse 1 of chapter 1. How lonely sits the city. This was great with people. She has become like a widow. Who was once great among the nations, she was a princess among the provinces and has become a forced laborer. She weeps bitterly in the night, and her tears are on her cheeks. She has none to comfort her. Among all her lovers, all her friends have dealt treacherously with her, and they have become her enemies. So. Jerusalem has been destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar, the city, the, the, a lot of the, the expensive, you know, the, the uh, officials' homes, the temple, the walls, and they've been deported to Babylon as captives. And, and Jeremiah is looking at this once great city, the capital of, of, really of, of, of Israel, and he's saying, oh my goodness, look what has happened. He said, well, why did that happen? Verse 18 of chapter 1, Yahweh is righteous, for I have rebelled against his command. Hear now, all peoples, and behold my pain. My virgins and my young men have gone into captivity. Verse 20, see, O Yahweh, for I am in distress. So he's watching this. This is not a happy new year. Oh my goodness, look at this disaster. I'm in distress, my inmost being is greatly disturbed. I'm not celebrating anything. My heart is overturned within me, for I have become very rebellious. In the sword in the street, the sword behaves bereaves, I'm sorry, in the street the, the sword bereaves in the house, it is like death. And he goes on and on. And it gets a little gross. When you get to chapter 2, verse 20. Oh see, O oh Yahweh, and look, with whom have you dealt thus? Remember, 30-year siege. Should women should women eat their offspring? The infants who were born healthy? Should priest and prophet be killed in the sanctuary of the Lord? This is what's happening. You think your life is bad? You think your situation is bad and it's hopeless? I mean, and if you read the book of Lamentations, and I'd encourage you to do that because the hope is there. We're going to see that right now. But it is disastrous. In fact, chapter 3, verse 16, I always like this one. For those of you that have ever chipped a tooth on anything and had to go to the dentist and get a crown or get it pulled or get an implant or whatever you had to do, he says, uh, Jeremiah says, God, he has broken my teeth with gravel. He has made me cower in the dust. So that's the situation. So where's, where's the hope? Where's the certainty? Look at verse 19. In that context, Jeremiah says, Remember my affliction, praying to God, in my homelessness. The wormwood and gall. Verse 20 is key. Surely my soul Remembers. In the midst of all of this, Jeremiah remembers something. Surely my soul remembers. And as it remembers, it is bowed down within me. And I will return to my heart, therefore I will wait in hope. Now here's the hope in this disaster. What is it? What did he remember? Verse 22. The loving kindness of Yahweh indeed never ceases. Oh, man, we are, th- this is, I mean, when, you, when, when cannibalism is taking place to keep you from starting, I mean, that's, how low can you go? But he says, in the midst of all that, I remember something. Yahweh's loving kindness indeed never ceases. His compassions—it's a very strong word for emotions. It's literally the word, Hebrew word for womb, and all that a mother goes through giving, giving birth to a baby. You know, it's your compassions—they never fail. In fact, he says, verse twenty-three, they are new every morning in the midst of all of this pain and difficulty that we're, in, we're, we're, we're going through because your wrath is upon us, that's clear in Lamentations as well, because of our sin, even through all of that, you help us And great is your faithfulness. Every morning. Why am I still breathing? Why am I still awake? Why can I even still cry? Because your faithfulness is new every morning. Yahweh is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I wait for him. Literally, therefore, I hope for him because God's compassion never fails. Now, you're, th- you're thinking, okay, Jeremiah, I, I-, I-, I got a- an idea of what the context is. This is terrible. And uh, you're remembering God and that gives you hope. You're remembering his loving kindness that never fails, and your, your compassion it never fails, and they're new every morning and greater is his faithfulness. What in the world is he remembering? Ah, oh, good question. Go back one book to Jeremiah. Obviously, Jeremiah wrote Jeremiah. Chapter 29. Listen to this. Here's what he's remembering. Jeremiah 29, verse 1. Now, these are the words of the letter which Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem. He Jeremiah is still in Jerusalem. That's why he's weeping over the city. To the rest of the elders of the exile, the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken away into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So here's what he writes. Verse 4. Thus says Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles, in other words, I, all of this that has happened, you are now away from your land, you are now basically prisoners. From all the exiles, verse 4, whom I have sent into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. And As you study, you realize that the reason they're there is because of their disobedience, and he warned them for centuries. So I have sent you there because of your disobedience. I've sent you there. And uh, what are we, so here's what God wants them to do while they're there. Some of, some of us would like to read between verse 4 and 5. Well, go ahead and mope and groan. You deserve it. Look at your situation. Sit in a corner and cower, you know, or, or, or find any drug or anything that'll make you feel better. Because, man, this is, this is bad news, you know, and you might as well just die. It's over. It's not what God says. God says, while you're there, being punished. I want you to, verse 5, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and become the father of sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there and not uh, decrease. In other words, You are still breathing? Live. I like that. No matter what the difficulty is, live. Live. Seek the peace of the city, verse 7. Wherever I have sent you into exile and pray to Yahweh in its behalf for in its peace, you will have peace. I mean, that's a great verse for 2023. Wherever you are, seek the peace of your city because in its peace, you have peace. Verse eight: For thus says Yahweh, Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your diviners deceive you, and do not uh, listen to your dreams in uh, which their dreams, or do not listen to your dreams which you you dream. In other words, for they prophesy to a lie to you in my name. I have not sent them. Verse nine declares the Lord, Yahweh. And you read that other parts of Jeremiah. They were saying well, this is going to be over soon just like politicians oh it's not that bad we're going to get out of here soon and God says no look at it I didn't send them they're lying verse 10 for thus says Yahweh when 70 years have been fulfilled for Babylon so that's how long they were going to be there the end of Chronicles tells you that because they had they had not done the Sabbath for so long God says I'm going to go so much for, for each Sabbath so it's going to be 70 years you're going to be here You say, now still, where's the hope in all of this? Seventy years. But when that's fulfilled, I will visit you and establish my good word to you and return you to this place. I'm going to bring you home when it's over. And they did. They went back to Jerusalem. Something the northern kingdom never did. The northern kingdom never got back. The southern kingdom did. Verse 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares Yahweh. Plans for peace and not for calamity. To give you a future and a hope. A hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I'll be found by you, declares Yahweh, and I'll return your fortunes and will gather you from all the nations from where all the pla- and from all the places where I have banished you, declares Yahweh. And I will cause you to return to the place from where I sent you into exile. That's the hope, is that I am a God of companionship. I will keep my promise to Abraham. And we'll go back to Deuteronomy, I think, next week. And he just keeps bringing this up. Look, I have made promises. And God is saying, I will keep my promises. Even if I have to chastise you for 70 years, I will bring you back. And he did. And he did. And the good news is that's the hope. The hope is that we can always come to God and realize, oh my goodness, you know, I... I'm in this difficulty. What's God trying to tell me? Well, back to Lamentations. It's only one book over. I think it's verse, chapter 3, verse 40. Yeah, as he's crying, he says, Okay, I'm in this mess. Here's what we do. Lamentations three forty. Let us search out and examine our ways. Why are we here? Well, they should have known. We've been disobedient. We've been idolaters for centuries. God has warned us. Again, read, read the last chapter of 2 Chronicles. He sent prophet after prophet after prophet. We turned our backs. We, we deserved this. It. It's like the thief on the cross, uh, the good one, that says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Because the other guy was was railing accusations and, and all this. And, God would, and Christ was very sarcastic. And he says, basically, shut up. We deserve what we're getting. This man hasn't done anything. Oh, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I mean, that's the idea. You know, we get to this point. He said, you know, this is, yes, I deserve this. So I need to return to Yahweh. And that's the hope. No matter what situation we are in in 2023, no matter where we are with whatever is goofed up in our life, we've got this promise from God. I think of one of, I like to call him one of, uh, Jeremiah's buddies, Isaiah. Isaiah says in chapter 1 of Isaiah, just let me read it for you. Come now and let us reason together, says Yahweh. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. If you are willing and obey, you will eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be uh, eaten by the sword For the mouth of Yahweh is spoken. The hope is God is a saving God. God, his loving kindness, his compassion is there. But we've got to come to him in repentance. We've got to come to him in confession, in faith, and say, God, save me. I was wrong. You are right. And now I want to get on the path with you. And then God will take care of us. That's the hope of Jeremiah. That's, why he could, that's what he's talking about when he says, you know, great is your faithfulness because you will take care of us. Well, you're sitting here this morning thinking, well, that's great for them. What about me? I'm not a Jew. I don't live, I'm not in the captivity. I don't have the, those promises of, for national Israel. But you've got promises. Take a look at this. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 if we come to faith if we come to the Lord Jesus and say Lord I believe you I believe you're the son of God I believe you died and was buried rose again and I've heard that message and the Holy Spirit has convicted my heart and by faith I've never seen you and I don't know why I believe this but I do it's the Holy Spirit that's why and when you place your faith in Christ, Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith. Guess what? So no matter how goofed up anybody is, they come to Jesus, and they fall before him, and they come in faith, they'll be justified, and they can have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. It gets better. Well, if it could get better. Chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, if, if we got real picky, we could pick each other apart this morning of what we did in 2022 or maybe even what we did this morning. And nobody is left standing, right? Because even the, the things that nobody knows, if you were honest and confessed, we'd say, he gets. You know, and we go through that all the time. But you realize you come to faith in Christ and, G, and, and God grants you Jesus' righteousness and he looks at you as if he's looking at his dear son, That's why Paul could say there's no condemnation in us. And we have become sons, verse 14. And so that's why Paul says in verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time, see, the realization is 2023 is going to have suffering. But uh, I consider the sufferings of the present time not to be worthy compared to the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the ancients' longing of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility. That's how we know there's going to be trouble in 2023, because this creation, when Adam and Eve sinned, was subject by God to futility. So yes, things work right, right every once in a while, but basically there's futility. And creation is waiting for that to be over, not willing, but because of him who subjected it in hope, in hope of something better. That the creation itself will also be set free from its slavery to corruption. You know, nothing died in the garden till they sinned. And when they sinned, they began to die physically. They died spiritually. Why do you think we have problems? Why does this ache and that ache? And it, it, it's because of corruption. It's, it's in the whole universe. And the universe is waiting. Creation, verse 22, is groaning for something better, the childbirth, for something better to be born. And what is that? That's, that's the sons of God. Coming and being recreated in perfectness. Verse 23 Not only this, but we also ourselves, or we also, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. You see, if you're saved, you, you know love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. You know the love of God. You know the patience of God. You know the forgiveness of God. You know the power of God. You look back on your life. You say, how in the world did I do that? Why am I not doing that? Well, that's God working in you. And what we learn, what we yearn for is when, when we experience that. And as we experience that, we want it in fullness. I, I don't want it just every once in a while. I want it all the time. And so we wait. And we groan. Verse 26 says, the Spirit groans for us. And the Spirit prays for us according to the will of God. And that's why we know, verse 28, everything's working together for good. For those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Because that's what God is doing. He's answering the prayers of the Spirit. So we're all on track, verse 29, to be conformed to the image of His Son. So you realize everything that happens in your life is done to conform you to the image of His Son. Good and bad. You know, it weeds things out. Difficulties weed things out. We want to be more like Jesus. And then Paul ends the chapter by saying nothing will separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing can happen in 2023 that will separate us from the love of God. The problem is, remember the key there to Jeremiah was... I'm moaning and groaning because, oh my goodness, things are bad. And then I remembered. I remembered God's faithfulness. New every morning. I remembered his compassion. I remembered his loving kindness. I remember what he said in, I had hope. I had hope. Well, God knows that we tend to forget him and we forget that we tend to forget what's really important. So for the nation of Israel, he gave them a lot of feasts. Passover was the key one for every year. They, they, they did this, and they were to remember. They were to remember. Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, did the same thing. Paul records for us in 1 Corinthians 11 that what Jesus did, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And really, when we remember, it should ignite our hope. Remember that this is my body de- delivered for you. Remember this. And then he took the cup and he said, This is the cup, uh, this is the cup of uh, the new covenant, which is to symbolize my blood. My blood shed for your sin, my blood that it will give you an into, into inheritance to, to heaven and everything else in this life. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. That's what the communion service is. You say, well, that's great. What are, what are we to be remembering? Let me take you quickly through the book of Ephesians, chapters 1 through 3. Remember that in Ephesians 1, verse 3, we were chosen, the believers were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless. And so for that to happen, God decided that we would be his sons. That's the verse five. In verse seven, we have redemption through Christ's blood, the forgiveness of our transgressions so that we can be holy and blameless. He's he's let us know the mystery of his will, verses nine, 10. He's doing everything for the praise of his glory. He's given us the Holy Spirit at the end. And all of that is blessed because this is who we are. When we partake of that, we remember, oh my goodness, God, I've been forgiven. I've been adopted by you. And I have a place with you forever in heaven. And, and in the meantime, while I live my life, and maybe while I find myself like Jeremiah, watching my city fall apart, watching, or well, I hope we don't watch people lead each other, but... It's in the Bible, you know, but uh, watching everything, how do I handle this? Paul says he ends chapter 3 by saying now to him, listen to this, who is able, this is God who is able, because he created the heavens and the earth, to do far more abundantly beyond... So you got it? (coughs) Paul is saying God is able to do far more abundantly even beyond all that we ask or understand according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever Amen. It's the Holy Spirit in us that moves us on. That moves us on. So with that hope that God has forgiven you, he will never desert you, you say, okay, well, what what do I do while I'm watching all this? I've got that hope, but what do you want me to do? We'll close with this and we'll go to the communion service. Philippians chapter 3. Listen to these words. Verse 12. Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect. Paul is speaking. The Apostle Paul. He says, I haven't arrived. I've had visions from, of, of Christ. Remember on the Damascus Road, Jesus evidently taught him in the desert for some, about three years. He, he's, he, he's been translated evidently to heaven and seen things he wasn't allowed to see and then sent back. So this is the Apostle Paul, who's really on top of everything, if anybody could be on top of anything. And he says, I haven't arrived yet, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that which also I was laid hold of by Mm -hmm. Christ Jesus. Brothers, I do not consider myself of having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on. Where? Toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's heaven. Mm -hmm. I keep looking the big game i got to have the big picture. And no matter how bad it gets here, this is the hope, that this is where I'm going to be. And so I press on. I press on. Let us therefore, verse 15, as many as are perfect, think this way. And if anything you think differently, and you may this morning, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep walking in step with the same standard to which we have obtained. You see... While we're waiting in hope, we're busy. Jeremiah to the exiles: build houses, get married, seek the peace of the city. You'll be there for seventy years. While we're on earth, he wants us to be busy doing whatever he's called us to do. And remember that not everybody is uh, is on our side, as he says. Some, you know, their 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 God is their stomach. Verse nineteen: they glory in their shame. But us, here's our hope, verse 20, our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, in who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by his working through which he is able even to subject all things to himself. Yesterday I read Revelation chapter 21 and I realized what a day it's going to be when we finally get there. No more tears, no more pain, no more crooked politicians, no more lying, none of that. It's all gone. That's our hope. The hope for the new year with your expectations, with your realizations, with your uncertainty, the certainty is God God is there. And everything is on course, no matter how bad it seems. And God, God's loving kindness and his compassions never fail. They're available to you if you will come to him and say, Oh God, I am a sinner. Save me. I need your help. I need your help. As the song says, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath the flood lose all their guilty stain." Lose all their guilty stains, lose all their guilty stains, and sinners plunged beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. Another writer said, When he shall come with trumpet sound, O may I then in him be found. Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. But Father, the hope that we have for a new year, any year, actually the hope we have for every breath we take is that you're there if we will but surrender ourselves to you. In faith, believe, and walk with you. It's that simple. But Father, we tend to forget. We look at 2023 and we see all the things that are on the horizon, all the the wars and and inflation and and, oh, what's going to happen here and what's going to happen there and and it can be very distressing but help us remember you're on the throne and you've made these great promises that this is going to work and you will get us to heaven. And in the meantime, you will use us and you will do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that is within us all because of what Jesus did that's our hope without him we have nothing so we pray as we think about these things Lord that you would work on our heart and as we come to remember his death uh, for us his body on a cross, his blood shed Paul said we are to examine ourselves examine ourselves number one have we come to faith in Christ? Have I surrendered my life to him? Have I admitted my sin? Have I believed he's the Savior? And have I called upon Him? If not, and the Spirit is moving your heart, now's the time. If you have, examine yourself and say, How am I doomed? Or am I like the arrogant person in James 4? who thinks he's got it all figured out. Whatever God brings to mind, confess, and then partake. Think about those, and then the men will will share with us. he took breath. and he said I want you to remember this when you, when you get to woes and when you find yourself like Jeremiah weeping remember remember my loving kindness remember my compassion remember what I did on the cross and remember it's new every morning in that I will not forsake you nor desert you and every single day every breath you take I'm empowering and I will help you that's our hope so I said take this and remember it was my body instead of yours thank you Lord let's do that in remembrance of him and since blood was was, uh, well it's important because we can't live without blood Leviticus tells us that life is in the blood since the wages of sin is death what was required was life a death and blood was the symbol of that life being ebbed out so they bled they killed many many sacrifices and the blood was everywhere and, and Jesus shed his blood on the cross as a fulfillment of that and to take away our sin because that's the penalty that we could never pay so Jesus in that night says I don't want you to forget this as you're partaking of the Passover to remember the deliverance from Egypt, I want you now to remember your deliverance from sin once and for all. I'm going to offer my body on a cross and I'm going to shed my blood for you because I'm going to take your sins on my body and I'm going to die for you so that as God looks at you as you place faith in me, will see my righteousness oh Lord we thank you for that that's our hope that's the only reason we survive that's our only hope for 2023 we thank you so as Jesus said do this in remembrance of me oh my goodness I don't know where our hope is and may this song be our closing benediction. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Shall we stand? My
0: hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust.
1: doesn't disappoint as the song says all other ground is sinking sand so we stand with you help us do that in 2023 and for the rest of our life we pray lord in jesus name amen